and there seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. Hello? Oh, yeah! Ah! Whoa! Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Did I frighten you? Didn't mean to. Sorry. Howdy. My name is Woody, and this is Andy's room. That's all I wanted to say. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to Generation Loss, the show about movies with Bryn and Jeremy. I'm What's Bryn. What's going on, everybody? I'm Jeremy. <laughs> if you couldn't figure it out by process of elimination, that's Jeremy. <laughs> what the fuck is up? It's Monday when you're right. It's Monday as always. Yeah. As always, <laughs> as, you, as you're used to in your podcatcher. Uh, type deal. It's Monday, and you're listening to Generation Loss. Uh, and yeah, we're about to talk about some movies. You're all you, you're all curled up. You've made yourself <laughs> yeah. a nice little. You've, you've poured nice little yourself a nice little tea. Uh, <laughs> it's the morning. Maybe, maybe a coffee. hot toddy. <laughs> yeah, or it's a hot toddy, and you're having yourself a fun Monday. Right. Or it's Monday, and you are on your way to work because you're an essential worker. And right. you are chugging Red Bull or Bang or whatever the kids are drinking these days. Sparks? Mm-hmm. Can you drink Sparks on your way to work? <laughs> <laughs> and then in some ways, if you think about it, we're essential workers because we... We're working right now. We're working right now. And we're entertaining the the essential workers who need us for their commute. So, you know, in a lot yeah. of ways, <laughs> what we're doing here is pretty heroic. Braver than the troops, for sure. Is pretty brave. It's... <laughs> You know, we we put a lot on the line out here. <laughs> I know I'm in to danger to make content for you guys. I'm in <laughs> I'm in life threatening danger every time I podcast. Yeah. You know, these and every time I prepare for this podcast, which is any time I watch TV. So yeah, basically my whole life. <laughs> TVs are heavy. If they fall over on you, you could get very hurt. Yeah, you could watch something that makes you feel bad, and you could uh, cry. You, you could kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you're at a higher suicide risk when you watch sad movies. That's, I think I think we could all agree with that. <laughs> I think um, we can all agree that that is what the research says. Yeah, microphones and, are probably a choking hazard. <laughs> if I were like, if I were like pacing back mm-hmm. and forth, I'm not. I'm sitting right now. But if yeah, I were pacing, why would I? you know, if I were perhaps in the middle of like a big one of my signature rants. Um, that's what you know jeremy for rants <laughs> my signature <laughs> podcast rants and if i were to trip and fall this could go you know you down kill your you could kill your cat kill me yeah i could also kill my cat it's he's also anyway <laughs> anyway we got a lot to talk about today we have so uh, much to talk about jeremy what did you watch this week i watched the seth rogan uh, new original American Pickle movie, an American Pickle oh. in London. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Ooh, American Pickle in London. <laughs> um, yeah, I watched the American Pickle, and um, really uh, fascinating, fascinating movie. I think I've never been more interested to know, <laughs> like, what happened because. <laughs> What you have is is a perfectly split down the middle movie okay. where the first half of it 
shockingly good. Really? I was like really, really, I mean, I was expecting to go, it's a Seth Rogen movie, you know, I'm expecting to go in and it's going to be like, the, uh, the, what if we like smoked weed and made the pickles? You yeah. know, wouldn't that be pretty wild? What a weird movie. <laughs> um, you know, that's what I was expecting. I was expecting like stoner comedy, stupid, whatever. And the first half of it is like wildly heartfelt and like really yeah. sincere in a way that I wasn't expecting about like family and like hope and like the way that you like i mean obviously like i'm you know i'm i'm expecting a child so i'm thinking about this sort of shit way mm-hmm. more than i normally and would it's but affecting i mean like you more deeply it's, it's really going its, its way into your it really is lines. i almost i literally almost cried like the first two <laughs> seconds of toy story um, oh like, right instantly like movie starts i see the kid playing with the toys and i'm like already like oh fuck. I, cr- I definitely <laughs> cried like three times watching it. yeah um but no but american pickle right so it's about um for those who haven't seen you know the trailer or whatever it's about seth rogan plays an old jew from the turn of the century who uh moves from a fake european uh, eastern european country to america to start a new life gets a job at a pickle factory, trips, falls in the pickle juice, and then uh, gets preserved through time to now, where he wakes up, meets his great-great-grandson, who's also played by Seth Rogen in a very, like, uh, 90s Eddie Murphy-style, uh, yeah. you know, setup, and then he uh, exists in the future now, right? right. And uh, there's a lot of things you can expect to happen, and almost all of them do. You know, there's, like, a lot of, uh, like, your views are not acceptable in this time period and like a lot of you know like look at that metal bird in the sky like that sort of shit <laughs> really that bad like, it's like there's a, a lot of that sort of stuff he doesn't not a plane but like he there's a lot of stuff that he just like looks at like the uh like an ipad and he's like this box that you touch you know like yeah, yeah. just stupid shit like that but then there's a lot of stuff that i like really wasn't expecting <laughs> where like for example uh you know, the younger Seth Rogen is like showing him uh, a photo book of like old family photos. And he sees a picture of, you know, young Seth Rogen's great grandfather, who uh-huh. is, you know, pickle Seth's um, son. son. Yeah. You know, and he sees him and, and like, you know, when he gets pickled, his son, he, he never gets to meet his son. You know, he's like, oh, his wife is pregnant and he gets pickled and so he sees a picture of his son as like an old man, you know, that's how he sees the picture of him. He's and he just like looks at him. He's like, how was his life? And you're and like, oh, my God, <laughs> like, it's just like a really weirdly yeah. sincere, like, like, uh, I don't know, like, how was his life? And and he's like, he he uh, he was like a, a manager of like a shop or something like that. And he's like, Oh my God, like my son became a manager. Like, Oh, he's proud. It just like really, it really like affects him <laughs> in a really major way. And he's like, and his son, what did his son do? And he's like, he was an accountant and he's like, Oh my fucking God. Like he's like blowing his <laughs> mind at the idea. Cause he's, you know, he like sweeps up a pickle factory and like all he thinks about is like, you know, maybe my life's not going to be great, but maybe my son's life will be, you know, and, and mm-hmm. it just like, it was really affecting and emotional, <laughs> like really intense. <laughs> and like, there's a lot of like exploring, um, the idea of family and like honoring what, you know, your lineage, your history and is your lineage legacy. and whatever. And like, uh, and then somewhere around halfway through the movie, um, something happens and I don't know okay. what it is. And this is what I'm oh. so fascinated about is like, what happened 
because out of nowhere, they're just like, and we have run out of story, and now they are going to start their own pickle business, and it's going to get really zany to the point where, like, everything suddenly is, like, no longer, you know, like, crying at a picture of your dead wife. You know, now it's like, now it's like seeing a hundred years of your own legacy in an impossible way. It's like going to heaven and, like, looking at the future and just, like, seeing your, your simultaneous insignificance and importance in like the uh-huh. history of time and crying exactly. about it with your future and then let's have fart jokes <laughs> yeah and then suddenly like the jo- literally like the jokes are are down to the level of uh he gets like invited to a public debate for some reason and he says something about how like like christianity is bad and then it's a <laughs> smash cut literal smash cut from him saying this to him being chased down the street by like a mob of angry people like okay. that's the kind of like humor it becomes and it's so strange <laughs> it's so weird <laughs> It really, it it just doesn't feel like it. Like, did they get rushed? Like, yeah. did somebody say to them, like, "Hey, we gotta, we gotta finish this thing, you guys. We gotta get this out there because uh, it's COVID times and people need the pickle movie." Right. So I don't it, know what happened. Do you think <laughs> is there any point in the movie where it's sort of like? I mean, it sounds like ne- the answer is no, but like, does it wrap up or like get back to like? Okay, and the point of this movie was that. Yes, it does. So, but not in a good way because. Oh no! It, so this <laughs> is the thing too: is that like the comedy in the first half is way better too. There's a lot of really funny stuff in the first half, where like he like when he's like in his uh, his old European village, like there's a lot of comedy around like his shovels always break. He's like mm-hmm. a ditch digger, and his shovels always break in really funny ways, and like the, it just keeps getting weirder and funnier how they break. Um, there's like uh he like sees somebody making seltzer for the first time and he's like someday i want to be rich enough that i can have seltzer and then (laughs) Uh like in the future like you know young seth rogan has like a soda stream and he like drinks it and it's like really big for him and it's really funny um (laughs) but yeah oh and there's like a fun like i usually hate like a fourth wall breaky sort of joke but there's a really funny bit where like when he gets unpickled uh, there's like a press conference held to like say like look this guy he was pickled and now he's like alive and whatever and some reporter like raised their hand and you're like yeah can you explain like how this worked and whatever <laughs> and then it's like you hear yeah. the doctor say like he's like yeah of course uh, and then it like fades like like out of focus a little bit like the the voice gets muffled and like the voiceover just goes like he explains the science it's very satisfactory. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good fourth wall break. Who but. gives a shit? I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> like. But I feel like even me, I don't care. But like, when I first saw the trailer, I was like, "Wait, that's interesting." They're just like doing an Encino Man or a Demolition Man or whatever, but right. they're just like picking a completely nonsensical way for him to time right. travel. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, pickle Brian. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, <laughs> it doesn't matter. But then um, it just gets consistently less funny and less. Uh, no, there's like a really hard cut. It oh. literally just feels like there's like a moment where it switches, and you're like, "No, what? What did you? <laughs> why?" <laughs> um, and it's like when they get arrested is what happens. Is like because uh, mm-hmm. they're at the graveyard. They're at a graveyard where like another one of like Pickle Seth's like ambitions in life is to have uh, his own 
or his wife's ambition, sorry, is to have their own uh, gravestones when they die and not to be buried in unmarked graves. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, so a big like moment for them is that he's made enough money at the pickle factory that he's able to buy them a plot in this cemetery. And then in the future they go to see it and there's like a, there's like a billboard and he's like, you let them put a billboard here and they put up like an ad for Russian vodka and he's like, the Cossacks. Oh, I hate the Cossacks. <laughs> and then he like fights the guys putting up the billboards and then they get arrested. And then the movie sucks from then on. <laughs> and how much more is there? Uh, not much. It's not a long movie. It's like under 90, I think. Um, so weird. And yeah, they try to wrap it up at the end with like a whole message about how uh, Seth wrote, young Seth hadn't like mourned the death of his parents and he needed like Judaism to do that because he ends up through some wacky hijinks. He gets deported to the original uh, Eastern European fake country and he goes to a synagogue there and he prays and, and uh, it's really weird <laughs> in the end. And it like doesn't really, it's not a satisfactory ending and it's really weird. And you're not really sure what the message was supposed to be. Huh. Well, and that's sounds, kind of it. sounds kind of disappointing, but yeah, I mean, would you recommend it for the first half or like the first hour? That's what's weird is I kind of feel like the two together, like through some sort of osmosis become kind of an okay movie. Okay. Because like the first half is really way better than it has any right to be. Mm-hmm. And then the second half is just like utter dog shit, like way worse than I would have expected it to be. <laughs> um, so I think they kind of even out to being an okay movie. So I'd give it a half recommend. I think if you are um, expecting a child, <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe give the first half a watch. If you and are there's going to come a point where it's going to get bad and just know it's not going to get better. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah. Just turn it off. <laughs> if you're getting bored, turn it off. Turn off. You don't have to watch. There's nothing coming. <laughs> All right. Well, what I watched this week, uh, let's just get into it because uh, we want to. We have a lot to say about the movie we watched this week. Uh, quickly, I um, watched uh, a stand-up special, kind of. Okay. Um, by a man named Stevo. Okay. Called Gnarly. Mm-hmm. Um. So, is I, it I, new? Yeah, it's. I think it came out a few weeks ago. Okay. Um. Uh, so I don't know why I watched it because I don't really, I, I was sort of morbidly curious about what Steve-O's standup would be like. I thought it was going to be a standup special. What it is, is not that at all. So what, what it is, is a guy on stage, Steve-O, but almost every jackass person is in it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it opens with all of them, you know, Danger Aaron, Jack, Johnny Knoxville, Bam, uh, like everybody, uh, doing a stunt basically and like taping steve-o to a van <laughs> <laughs> okay and they're all old you know it's all it was all filmed fairly recently right. um and also this is sort of coupled with the fact that i just found out that jackass 4 is coming out has a release date for next year Ooh. um so that's something that's going to be happening <laughs> which yeah. i'm excited about uh so this is sort of basically steve-o going through the sort of rumors and stuff you may have heard about him um over from the from jackass 3 to now um and then just sort of explaining what happened and uh with footage of the stuff that happened so it's like he's on stage talking and then it'll like 
uh, quite often, like it'll cut to the stunt or the news footage or whatever it is that was happening. Um, so like the first part is just him explaining like the idea for a stunt where he like, uh, painted bike shorts on himself so he just paints his like bottom half black okay and then goes biking like pantsless <laughs> right <laughs> and then runs into people and stuff and it's just a jackass bit um and it's funny and but then and then it goes back to him talking about stories and stuff <laughs> so it's really confusing are the for- stories funny uh yeah most of them are pretty funny because they're basically just him narrating jackass stunts <laughs> right uh, right at the end it starts to get pretty dark because <laughs> he mm-hmm. had like a huge thing where he was like addicted to drugs and had to go to rehab um and then it's right. sort of like light lay like schmoozy stuff where he like meets mike tyson and he breaks his nose and it's funny stuff though i mean like the the thing about it is is like it's almost not comedy at all like it's not stand up he's not really telling any jokes right um like every once in a while he'll throw a pun or something but it's more just like somebody telling stories about their life um yeah. and it's well, hard to always imagine. understood his stand-up to be right is hmm. um like him and like the likes of like mick foley uh mick foley does stand up <laughs> yeah uh-huh. or does a tour or a special right or exactly like um i think uh what's his name uh like larry king was doing this for a while (laughs) there's just like a circuit of like touring guys who just will go up and just talk and it's it's entertaining and it's fun it's like i mean it's very similar to you know podcasting i guess it's really just like people who are charming and interesting talking about stuff yeah it's kind of just like that except what was so in what i thought was fun about it was um that all of the jackass guys are there too. Like he like brings mm-hmm. them out and he's like, and here's Pontius. And then they like do a stunt on stage, basically. Interesting. <laughs> like Wee Man comes out and staples his balls to his stomach. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and it's like really intense. Um, and it's just like, it's happening rapid fire. So it feels sort of like watching like a jackass 3.5 kind of thing. Okay. Um, which I mean, I'll watch them do anything like at this yeah. point. <laughs> I just think it's really funny. So, uh, I mean, if you want to have jackass stuff, uh, it feels like a nice, it was a nice little stopgap and refresher for me to be like, I still want jackass Four, and it is coming next year. So I had fun watching it. Nice. Some of it is really insane. Like some of the stuff that happened, cause he, he's, a, I just found this out. He's doing basically stunts, jackass stunts on YouTube. Like he has oh, really? a he has a YouTube channel that has like millions of subscribers, <laughs> okay. and he was just like doing stuff where he's like, "This is the you know whatever the watermelon bomb or whatever," and he just like holds a watermelon full of explosive and blows it up in his living room, <laughs> and it's funny, and then it's over, you know, right? Um, but he like gave himself like first degree burns all over his body and had to have like skin grafts and shit like it's pretty crazy Good uh, Lord. <laughs> honestly some of them i won't i won't uh spoil some of it but it is by far the most disturbing and disgusting uh stunts that i've ever seen him do in all three jackass movies and the show together like the worst stuff are in <laughs> the special are in this special yeah Whoa. um because in some of them he's like I had an idea for something and we kind of all realized that it would be way too disturbing and gross. 
to be in the movie, but they let me do it anyway and then cut it out of the movie. So right. he just like shows it in the special. <laughs> um, I have to know. It's pretty fun. Um, they're not that I, bad, but especially the one where he's burnt is, is really gross. Um, oh God. But uh, if you want to see Steve-O just really honestly talk about like just being a huge shithead and like being an attention horror and like he, it's weird because he's like he gets pretty serious not serious at all but he just says stuff that's like all i want to do is be famous sometimes and i know that's a problem for me and i do really right. stupid stuff to to be famous because i like it i like people paying attention to me and it's like that's oh, kind of yeah. sad <laughs> it is yeah i mean it's like there's like all the there's a whole genre of youtuber that like is very much i mean it's you always expected that that was the case with Jackass, but it wasn't so like sad. Yeah. I think we've talked about this before when we did the Jackass episode, but it's been a while. Uh, like the dudes who there's a guy who like eats cactuses. You mean um, like shoe nice and stuff? I don't. I, mean, I wouldn't know a name, but like oh yeah, shoe nice the is the guy like, who like chugs a whole alcohol or like eats soap and shit. Right. Yeah. There's a guy who I saw like bathe in hot sauce. <laughs> Uh, just stupid shit. Yeah. I mean, I guess Jack has kind of opened the door for, but not really. I mean, that would have happened anyway. Yeah. And I mean, I think the thing about jackass is that what I think people start cringing from is when it's people alone debasing themselves for the audience. Right. It feels sad when it's right. a bunch when it's of the dudes, homies are around yeah, yeah yeah when you're just trying to make each other laugh and like upping the ante everyone sort of feels parasocial relationship to the jackass guys but when it's just steve-o being like i'm gonna burn myself for your you know to, to <laughs> praise me uh it's just like please stop oh uh, stop um, steve <laughs> but, <laughs> we don't need it <laughs> and i i haven't seen his other special but i i feel like that's what's if there's a problem with that one that I've heard is that people have a problem that it's kind of like that. Right. This one sidesteps that by having all of his friends there. Right. Like, yeah. Anytime he does stunts, like Pontius throws up on the stage <laughs> and then Preston comes out and wipes it up with no shirt on. So it's like, it's like jackass is happening behind the scenes and you're just watching Steve-O be honest about something. So it kind of works. Right. It's like that. Um, it's like that Simpsons episode. Uh, the Homer versus New York when uh, Bart goes to the Mad Magazine headquarters. Did you ever see that one? I don't the, know. So it's like a New York. Uh, so it's like a New York trip episode, mm -hmm. and Bart goes to the Mad Magazine headquarters, and there's just like a um, like a desk with a woman at it, and she's just like, she's like, yeah, this is the headquarters, and he's like, what's behind that door? And she's like, it's just an office, kid. You know, it's just a magazine. Yeah. We, we we work like anybody else. And then like the door opens and he sees like just like a circus and like the, <laughs> you know, the what's his name guy comes out and he's Alfred like, give me a bologna sandwich and like just disappears. And he's like, oh, my God, it's like <laughs> it's that. Really it's like that. You imagine that like Steve O's up there telling his little stories and behind the scenes, like people are just like beating the shit out of each other and whatever. <laughs> it's kind of like that. It's it really, it is kind of like that because like the parts that Knoxville have is just like he's because Bam, it's funny because Steve O looks exactly the same. Johnny, like you can tell he's a little older, but like Bam looks like an ancient man, you know, like right. he's, he's all. He's all gray and old looking, but it's just funny to see them all like still like covering their genitals or whatever. And like, <laughs> it's all just sort of feels exactly the same. 
Um, right. So I, I thought I enjoyed it. Um, and Steve-O seems like he really wants you to watch it. So I would say if you want to watch it, watch it. give it a watch. Why not? It's on Netflix? <laughs> no, no. You have to go to his site. Ugh. Yeah. to pay for it? Uh, Yeah. I, I didn't pay for it though. <laughs> <laughs> if Steve, you're listening to it, I did pay for it. <laughs> um, come on the show, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, it's a fun time if you're a really big fan of Jackass like me. So uh, let's get into the movie. Let's fucking talk about it. Okay. This week we watched Toy Story. Toy Story. 1996. Yeah, I think it's five, but I don't 95? know. 95. Yeah, Toy Story. 1995. Yeah, the uh, the seminal work by Werner Herzog. Directed by John Lasseter. <laughs> 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 yeah, his big movies, Fitzcarraldo, uh, <laughs> The Enigma of Casper Hauser, and Toy Story. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, you made this right after The Wrath of God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh, one of the big ones. Uh, there is a documentary about this, <laughs> the burden of toys. <laughs> yeah, but no, um, Toy Story is the first Pixar feature-length film notable for being, well, just very notable in general, but also notable at the time for being the very first com- fully computer-generated imaged movie. Yeah. Um, they'd done shorts before this, right? Yeah, they'd done uh, Tin Toy, Red's Dream, a couple, you know, the little Luxo Jr., Right. Their, all their logos that they put throughout all their movies and stuff. Um, but just in case you've been living under a rock and you have never heard of Toy Story, real quick, Toy Story <laughs> is a story about toys. Uh, Woody is a cowboy <laughs> toy. He lives in uh, Andy's room. Andy is a child who plays with his toys. So there's a big cast of characters. Andy's sort of the leader. He's the favorite toy. On Andy's birthday, he gets Buzz Lightyear as a new space toy. Um, and then uh, they... Buzz doesn't know he's a toy. He thinks he's an actual space ranger. Woody is very jealous because it seems like he's getting played with less because he's playing with Buzz. Andy's playing with Buzz more. He tries to fuck with Buzz and accidentally throws him out the window. Um, they fu- he gives chase. They argue. They follow Andy to Pizza Planet, um, where he uh, they try almost try to get back together with them but they get stolen by Sid, who's an evil kid who destroys toys just for right. no reason uh because he's evil uh they get go back to his house buzz finds out he's not a toy goes through an existential crisis um sid almost blows up buzz but by revealing to the to sid that they're actually alive uh they get sid to never blow up a toy again um then they rush over um oh andy's moving and then there's a whole sort of second climax where they uh catch the moving van and are reunited with Andy and they learn to work together and that it's all fine. And that's the end. Yeah. And that's the end. So when was the last time you saw this before watching it today or whenever you did? Okay. So I saw toy story at its like premiere, not like the actual premiere, but like at its first day launch, Mm -hmm. um, in, LA uh, at a theater that Disney owns called the El Capitan Theater. Um, And every year they would release their big flagship movie and they, the building next to it was basically like a four story, like mini Disneyland. And then they would do all kinds of rides and themed attractions. Um, 
based on the movie you just watched. So I saw Toy Story in that scenario where it was like okay. this huge thing. There's Do you a, remember any of the stuff? It was an event. Oh yeah, you got to like put on the army man base and like go through uh-huh. a uh, like an army man uh, like a a basic training. Uh, the army man ended up being like a, a fairly big. Uh, offshot of this weirdly I know, enough it was so weird They're like it was not like people- <laughs> a big part of the movie at all <laughs> but people were like oh i gotta have that i gotta have yeah. army men uh, to this day uh <laughs> the um the army men are at like magic kingdom like you'll see them still clopping yeah. around on their little wood things they uh they made like video games do you remember yeah. they made like the army man video games and shit mm-hmm. weird and they, stuff they sold a big bucket of toy story branded army men it was very strange but um they uh yeah they had like space uh pizza planet uh games mm-hmm. like the big uh, whack an alien and you could have pizza there like a ton of stuff they had like a bunch of behind the scenes things it like a big andy's room recreation it was crazy right i i was an absolutely in awe of this movie when it came out um and then my little brother i'm like quite a bit older than my little brother so my, my little brother was a baby once i was like in high school out of into college mm. and he watched this movie probably five times a day okay. so it was one of those movies this one and two we had like a dvd set with both of them i've probably seen it in pieces like a hundred times okay so this movie was like deep in my mind i could i was just like reciting even like the tiniest little like ways people said like you know just little lines you know right yeah, um yeah. So watching it again, but but I don't think I'd watched it in probably 15 years. Okay. <laughs> so I'd seen it like a gazillion times, but I hadn't actually watched it. The first one, probably since I was, well, probably like te- more like 10 years, since I was like 19 or something. Uh-huh. So it was really weird to watch because, wow, this was a bad looking movie. <laughs> I mean, not like, yeah. it's not bad, but it like in comparison, it looks like, there's moments of the movie that look like bad YouTube CGI. Right. I mean, <laughs> definitely like having recently gotten very deep into 3D graphics, it was oh, a very yeah. interesting watch. And like, you know, I didn't expect to be at this point in my life when we watched this. I knew I wanted to watch this for the show already. Yeah. Um, But weirdly, like just watching it and being like, oh my God, like partly that this looks like shit sometimes, but partly <laughs> that you're like, it's very smart to have made the first one of these about toys. Because I know. normal mapping and like textures and, and uh, like depth mapping and bump mapping and stuff like that, like just seemingly was not a thing yet. <laughs> like based no. on what I see in this movie, like <laughs> bump mapping just didn't exist yet. So to make the movie like, oh yeah, it's just about things that are made of smooth plastic. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, smart. Genius. Smart idea. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's funny because the te- it looks, I mean, we don't have to get super into the technical aspects of this movie exactly, but like there is stuff in this movie where it looks like they just completely retextured the toys for different lighting situations, mm-hmm. which is so not how they do things anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, Cause there's no particle effects. Like there, there's, there's one scene I remember in particular where um, when they're on RC and um, Woody gets sad because his, his match gets blown out 
and then he starts crying right. and he's like on the street and the street looks like it's like a, it's massively pixelated and it takes up like most of the frame <laughs> and it just right. looks like a really low res picture stretched out instead yeah. of like because that's they how they must have been texturing back then. I mean, it must have literally just been photo textures, and that's all you had. Because there's like a lot of scenes I noticed where, like, but um, you'd think that they would like do a closer picture or something for that well, one. You, scene. I mean, what are you going to do? You got to like tile it, I guess. Uh, I and know. Maybe like maybe the file size would have been too big at that point <laughs> because like you know your image would have to be fucking massive to get that kind of resolution yeah but like um it's hilarious there's things like the like i noticed the ceiling in sid's house mm-hmm. the underside of cars where we spend a lot of time weirdly enough uh it looks like dirt it doesn't look like it doesn't like look a like ceiling anything. it doesn't yeah. look like like rusty metal it looks like dirt it just looks like a pile of dirt um <laughs> it's very strange weird. stuff I was so taken up because I remember this movie looking incredible and mm -hmm. I was thinking about it while I, uh, while I watched the movie that they had to like, there was behind the scenes stuff where they were like, when they're outside and we had to do all the trees, we had to do every leaf. Right by hand and i was like wow that's crazy why would that's you do crazy. that that's not how that happens now that's nuts <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um so i watched this movie and then immediately after like the movie ended and i was like i gotta watch toy story 4 because i've never seen toy story 4 i haven't seen it yet and uh, i watched that and insane like it looks incredible it lo the clips i've seen look incredible yeah it looks fucking nuts it's also the best toy story movie i can't wait for you to watch it <laughs> oh my god really yeah it's it's actually good it's better than three it's incredible but let's what? get into the themes of this movie because i want to mention four a little bit because we're, yeah. not, we're never going to do more toy story after this <laughs> right so, so i mean we'll probably end up talking about it because i'm going to watch it now <laughs> yeah it's, um uh but yeah i mean it was an interesting watch now at this point in my life right because mm -hmm. obviously like i said like earlier uh having having baby brain now i just like <laughs> oh, every yeah. everything that's even got like a minor motif of parenthood in it i'm just like instantly crying right and this was a really <laughs> really movie. emotional watch for me uh and the thing that i found really strangely the most compelling in it was the first couple minutes when before any of the, you know, toys come to life before any of the shit about like, you know, your, your thankless purpose in life is to serve your kid and whatever. Like <laughs> none of that stuff got me quite like just watching Andy play. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh my God. Like, <laughs> I was like remembering playing and like remembering pretending and like getting excited for the idea of getting to like pretend again. Like, yeah. I'm so excited to like pretend. I'm actually very jealous of you and I'm mad at you. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Were you a big pretender as a kid? Oh, dude, it's all I did. I mean, that's yeah. all I, I mean, I still feel like I live my life half like with one, like a little bit with that door open, like mm -hmm. in a way that I don't, maybe adults don't normally do. Um, right. But like everything in my life just becomes that. Um, it's hard to explain and maybe it's a little too... No, totally. I completely understand <laughs> what you're saying. I mean, like, the, what is, you know, what is, like, a creative life but, like, kind of just always kind of keeping the pretend door a little bit cracked, you know? Yeah. Like, when we're, like, riffing on the podcast, like, that's 
in a lot of ways that is like you're making up a scenario like when you yeah totally like the shiddler right when we did the shiddler <laughs> like you're oh, making up a scenario incredible. you're pretending that exists you're like you're taking it further into the idea that's what pretend is right totally you know of like, just like building on a foundation of an idea and then making it more and more exciting it doesn't even right. necessarily about being funny it's about like sort of mm. surprising and exciting and funny you exactly know. and 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 the premise of it is fundamentally invented right it's something right. that you just made up in your head <laughs> and and so this series i mean it what's really astounding and i mean for me it, it's more i've always been a little bit too sentimental like a lot of what i was saying i mean not just for how my interactions with other people and in terms of imagination and pretending but in terms of like objects like mm -hmm. have always been a little too sentimental like not even just anthropomorphized shit but just like pieces of fabric that like somebody i cared about who gave to me like i yeah ha i have and i'm a hoarder in that sense like I've gone through long, like a bunch of minimalist phases in my life because I can't, <laughs> I would be drowning in it. Um, but so this series and this movie as the beginning of this series, I think is so genius to, because I think, because you're right that it's absolutely about the technical aspect. Like they were like, we got to do toys because it's technically possible. Yeah, everything we could else is like shit. We couldn't. We we want to make an ant movie. We want to make a monster movie. We you know they had those ideas. Right. They, I think they even had Finding Nemo, and they were thinking about doing Finding Nemo first. Um, but that's the thing, right? Is those early movies? You know, you've got toys, fish, ants, mm -hmm. all smooth things. Right? Yeah, <laughs> very That's smooth. Clearly, what's happening here is they're looking for smooth things. Like right. Monsters Inc. doesn't come until later because hair is a pain in the ass. But I think what's yeah, exactly. What I think is so beautiful about this team of people, uh, this this group of people who made this thing, is that what they decided to do was not take the idea of what if toys were alive and then map it onto anything that you could easily say this is a metaphor for mm -hmm. like there's nothing in the movie where you can say like this is so clearly x like yes you right. can put parenthood on it i mean a hundred percent i mean there, there's a there's big parenthood themes in all four of these movies but there's also a ton of stuff about legacy and mm -hmm. like memory and death and like they refused to be pinned to like this is a story about x because what they did was they said they set up this idea this world right they set up this world where toys want to be played with by children in the same way we want everything that we want whether it be love or sex or you know relationships or whatever like they need right. it that is their emotional need and so what obstacles can we put in their way of that and how can we complicate that and subvert their desires right realistically that we understand as what a toy might go through if they were put in that situation not to map it to human love or you know in any way they didn't like work backwards because which is mo mo what most people would be tempted to do is be like okay well i experienced this so how do we make woody how do we map it onto Woody's journey or whatever? They like just right. they just put toys in a situation and be like, what would that feel like? And that's yeah. nuts. I don't know anybody who really writes like that for children. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
But to, while we're talking about the creators, something I found really interesting on this watch is the way that Sid is treated in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, so Sid is, the, you know, the kid next door who, um, you know, he's coded poor. He's yes. <laughs> clearly supposed to be like, you know, a little less affluent than Andy. Like his parents are a little neglectful. He is able to like mail order explosives without his parents noticing shit like that. Or caring. Or caring. Yeah, the dad's like asleep in front of the TV and shit. Um, but what I found interesting is that like ultimately what you're looking at with Sid is like a creative kid, yeah. you know? like a really thoughtful, creative kid who's like tinkering and playing and trying to make stuff. And like, he, he doesn't know the toys are fucking alive. You know, <laughs> we don't even know the toys are alive. This all could be just a metaphor for imagination. We don't fucking know. Yeah. But like, the point is that this is a kid who just like takes shit apart and puts it back together. And what I found really interesting is that like, I was thinking about it in terms of the Pixar guys and like people who grew up to be animators, people who grew up to be writers, people who grew up to be artists. Like, we're all SIDS. We were oh, yeah. all fucking SIDS. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> and it, it, whether or not I was like blowing up my toys, I didn't have access to like explosives and shit, but I was like making little outfits for my GI Joes. Like I was, uh, yeah. I, um, I made most of my toys growing up. I was really into modeling clay. That was my favorite toy in the world was a fucking mm. lump of clay. You know, <laughs> like that's, that's what I saw in SID. And I was like really upset at the end where I was just, like, man, like, what the fuck? They really did Sid dirty that he like doesn't get any sort of like <laughs> he doesn't get any sort of resolution. He gets yelled at by the toys and he runs inside and disappears, only to be seen again in Toy Story Three as a garbage man. Yeah, and like that's supposed to be like his. You're supposed to be like, oh yeah, nice justice was served to this creative child. He should have been a fucking engineer. He made little like spider legs. <laughs> I know what this director said. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, but what well, I thought specifically about Sid, like I was struck how one thing I didn't really make the connection to when I was young was how Sid's room and Andy's room are, are so similar. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I just didn't, I it's hard. Don't know exactly what I'm trying to say here exactly because it was just that like there is a leader right there's the fucking wood the the baby spider right uh, yeah, is yeah. like the leader of that room and they're like surviving in the same way and they're hiding from from their kid rather than being played with their kid but i felt that subtextually there was a little bit of this sid is also just playing Mm-hmm. Like this is the way Sid plays exactly. and it's darker and aesthetically different, but there's nothing actually different between something that Sid does and Andy does. It's just, he likes metal. <laughs> it's like- right. Exactly. That's, I was sad because when you see the toys hide from him and you're just like, they, if, if what the toys want, you know, in their life is to play with the kid, they should be excited. Like that would have been the most interesting angle for that yeah. would have been if the toys were excited to see Sid, you know, yeah, you have this whole like and... monstrous, terrifying <laughs> moment of, you know, seeing these horrifying things come out. And then Sid comes and they're always like, yes, yes, it's Sid. <laughs> yeah, Fucking take, take my arms off. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to be this today? You know, yeah, like, exactly. Uh, and I've, but I, in a certain way, I almost felt like that's, 
kind of what ends up I kind of took from it this time where it's like mm -hmm. you kind of have to imagine that that's what they're doing and like they're more helping out Woody uh, f just because they want they care about him and he's being nice. Right. It's not to like fuck with Sid, but like I don't know, it's it's weird. I feel like one of the weirdest things about Toy Story is that they leave so many questions in the air. They like are like this is the world and why are they alive? How what what's the line of something being alive? When does it become a toy? What what happened? Can they experience pain? <laughs> like right. can they die? And they don't answer any of those questions because it's not really what they're at least not in this one. Right. Well, they definitely get the there. second <laughs> one is like all about immortality. <laughs> yes, uh, which is wild. Uh, right. <laughs> um, but this one, they sort of just like leave all those questions unanswered because what they're trying to do is tell a story about, you know, I was also struck how it was sort of this movie is structured simultaneously as like a love triangle mm -hmm. where it's like somebody's pining after a girl and then another guy comes in who's like cooler and the girl likes more. Right. Um, but then also as like a buddy cop movie like mm -hmm. i guess like it's a romantic comedy in two ways right like it's a movie where buzz and woody hate each other and learn to love each other but then it's also like a, a love triangle where andy is the third we wheel but instead of one of them getting the girl in the end they love each other <laughs> right or it's like they, they become a like a, po a polyamorous scenario or whatever uh -huh. um like this just just in terms of structure um and it's so weird that it works <laughs> because like the end is we can all have Andy's attention and that's yeah. fine. And um, that's fine. Because yeah. you can't really map that onto like parenthood exactly. No, it's, it's well, unless, I mean, it's unless it's sort maybe of like it a, a divorce, like sharing yeah, the child's say, attention. Exactly. It's a, it's a dad and stepdad situation. Yeah. Where it's like Woody is the divorced dad and Buzz is like the rich new dad mm -hmm. who can like buy Andy like all the toys that he wants and whatever. And like, you know, totally. old dad has to like kind of come to grips with that. But you're right. I mean, part of what works about this movie in particular and, and Pixar overall is that they're, they're really good at like leaving enough in the air that you can interpret it a million different ways. Right. Like one of the things that I was kind of like transposing onto this, this time that I watched it was about um, class as it relates mm -hmm. to place of birth, because like one of the weird things that really struck me this time was how the three places that we see toys are Andy's house, Sid's house and the, pizza palace whatever yeah. pizza uh, spaceship whatever yeah a uh, planet okay um <laughs> that like what fundamentally like they're they're all toys and they all are built for the same purpose and they all exist for the same reason but fundamentally what's different about them is the place where they were born and that has like wildly different consequences on the way that their life plays out yeah <laughs> and so and, like andy's toys are like are just living this like bougie lifestyle where like their main concern is like what if he gets a new toy <laughs> and then like over at sid's house like they're all toys they're all the same thing and their main concern is like is sid gonna blow me up today yeah <laughs> and then in the in the pizza planet they would like kill, i mean they 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 don't realize it but they would fucking kill to be blown up they yeah. live in like this weird isolated tank where their whole life is just waiting for a claw to maybe pick <laughs> them up out of there and how that like i mean 
I don't even know if it's intentional, but it's just like they always end up hitting on these like extremely raw and like true feeling things just because they take things to their logical conclusion and Mm -hmm. allow characters to experience their world as if they were really there. Um, And and the way, what I was going to say is that like the, (laughs) the, the aliens are like weird religious zealots Mm because it's like all, it's the only way they could process living in that, you know, in that scenario live in the, in the Plato cave. I mean, they literally, yeah. all they see is is this one little open space where they can kind of see maybe the ceiling of the, the pizza place, and then they can see the faces that show up to the glass, and then they see the claw, and that's all they know. Yeah, and I'm just constantly struck through the whole series um, how they continually allow their characters to just experience their world as if it was you experiencing the world. Um, right and 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 one thing I wanted to get to about uh, four, um, I don't know if you know our listeners have seen two and three, but by the time four comes around, um, Woody has left Andy. Andy has gone to college, and then Woody goes to a different child and is now all about pleasing this child. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that's never dealt with is the idea that Woody has like a kind of privilege because he doesn't even realize that he is the favorite one. And that's like, no one else gets to experience that. Like right. he, no one gets to sleep with Andy. No one gets to, you know, get brought to camp or whatever. He gets to do that. And once he's like not allowed to be able to do that anymore, cause he, for the new girl, Bonnie, he gets played with, but he's sort of like not the favorite. And it's like about him grappling with the idea of like not being that guy anymore. Um, And like, there's like moments in the movie where it's like, you got to do that and no one else did. Like you can't always have that. Um, (laughs) And it's just so weird how you can like take this completely fictional scenario and then make it resonate in a way where you're watching this movie as an adult person (laughs) in the, in real life and, and like, crying over like this loss or Mm -hmm. like this realization um it's i wonder like (laughs) they must there must be something coming in the pipe like if they're going to keep making these movies there's going to have to be one eventually where he where we explore like whose whose toy was he before andy because oh because he's sure as shit is yeah i mean he's like an old ass toy like that's not a kid's toy from the 90s he's like a boomer toy all of the toys are boomer toys you know like, because uh, his toy, it's like him and like the piggy bank and the little army guys and the edge sketch. These are all like old toys, you know, yeah. were they like Andy's parents or something, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know where they're supposed to have gotten them uh, or how they come to life exactly. Um, yeah. Well, I, d- I don't know if they are. I mean, like they said after three, like we have no plans to do f- any more. Right. Uh, and then they basically are saying that after four as well, because. I mean, after having watched it, it feels like more of an ending, like a period on Toy mm-hmm. Story than three did. Even though I see, thought- but I feel like three was a pretty good yeah, ending. Yeah, me too. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, and I think I think one of the reasons that I didn't watch four is because of that. Because mm-hmm. I was really excited about three because they're always so good, and three was fa- so fantastic. Um, 
that when four came out, it just felt like there's no way this is going to be anything other than like a cash grab. And it felt like I didn't trust Pixar enough to do it any justice. And I was so surprised uh, last night watching it and just like how they really had an idea that seemed like worth revisiting the world um, and saying something else. Um, Right was very and i and i really respect them for that even though they have pretty much lost any trust that they're going to do that on every movie uh i was happily surprised they did it on this one yeah it's interesting how like they clearly have the ones that are their you know the ones that they like want to make a good piece out of. And then they have the ones that they just want to make a lot of money off of. Like cars is never going to have like <laughs> car, There's never going to be a cars that you're like, Oh my God, like this says something about the human experience. You know, it's, it's fucking cars. Yeah. You know, well, I haven't seen any, uh, the two and three of huh? cars. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'd... sure I've seen a lot of them just at kids houses. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've only seen one. I saw it in the theater when it came out and I was like, that's mm-hmm. lame. <laughs> I didn't like it. But it's it's interesting and it's commendable, I think, that the 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 one that very clearly has a lot of merchandising potential, mm-hmm. they don't use that way. Like Toy Story is literally about toys. Like you could yeah. sell the toys and they did, you know, <laughs> but the they they never like made a huge thing out of it. They could very easily be shoehorning in current toys that, you know, want to get in kids brains like you know mm-hmm. but they don't do it just, i mean i guess like it's kind of like a commending the bare minimum sort of thing isn't it <laughs> um, i guess so but it is pretty weird how they it feels like they Pixar do is it, fairly yeah. restrained um with that compared to something like star wars although yeah. i haven't really walked into a target and checked recently <laughs> that's true yeah um, i haven't been to target in uh several what? months <laughs> weird <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> but yeah, I thought so one thing I wanted to say about the movie because we're sort of gushing about it. Um Right, yeah, let's let's do a little let's let's be a little harder on it. So, one thing I was sort of strict cuz we started off saying it looks like ass. Um then mm. that's that is one criticism of the movie is that if you're used to even uh even like lesser DreamWorks or, or like, you know, Universal Properties or something. It's, even like indie title, like even indie games are like, they look better than this. Like a, yes. like an iPhone game looks better than this now. Right. Because, uh, I, I mean, I was like, I, I, it's 1995. Like this is mm-hmm. four years before The Matrix. <laughs> like it's old. This is an old movie. It's 15 right. years ago. Um, so... I was, it, it looks, it looked great at the time, but it looks pretty gnarly now in certain places, especially the fucking baby and Andy, like they look creepy. And oh, I'm, you know who looks really bad is um, the dog. Oh, yeah. The, Spud or Scott or whatever his name is, it looks like shit. <laughs> He's the all kids like, at least look like cartoon kids. Like the dog has like these weird like his eyes aren't sunken into his head they just are yeah. like drawn on him it's fucking <laughs> bad and there's like a close-up of his eye opening up and you're like mm-hmm. what <laughs> what is that supposed to be um yeah so that's pretty tough um but one thing i would i was really noticing um 
was how rough a lot of the comedy is in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like there's a ton of like puns that I felt just weren't interesting or funny or did anything. Yeah. Um, I, I can't really remember. There's just a like, there's like a montage almost of just like introducing every character. And I guess it's a clever way to do it, but it's like, there's just moments where like Mr. Potato Head like goes up to someone. He's like, Hey, look, I'm Picasso. And Ham goes, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. get it. And Who he's like, cares? you yeah. uncultured swine. Yeah, I get liked it. one of those though at the end when uh, they when they get the Mrs. Potato Head. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and Ham says, "Way to go, Idaho!" <laughs> I, I really liked that. <laughs> that's a good joke. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and then he says, "I better shave," and then off yeah, comes pulls his mustache. His mustache up. Yeah, like, fantastic <laughs> one two. Yeah, there's it's little a classic one two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's little stuff in the movie that is okay, but mm-hmm. right at the beginning, I feel like there's like 20 of those and almost all of them are like, just yeah. fall completely flat. And I, I think at the, t- I was nervous actually a little bit that I was going to watch this movie and be like, is this movie so old and so for kids that I'm just going to hate it? Um, th- like, honestly, it was, I, I was that bad in the beginning. I was just like, this is, so stupid um, right but it, it it ends up it very quickly picks up but i i feel like up until they start spying on the party mm-hmm. um the when the when the army men go down um there's a lot of pretty stilted acting there's a lot of very very punny jokes that were turning me off um well and your experience of this film is is you know a lot of times seeing it with a kid who Mm -hmm. watches it over and over again. And like, what is the part of the movie that you see the most in that sort of scenario is the very, very beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like I've seen the beginning of this million fucking times. (laughs) Yeah. totally. Towards the end stuff starts to surprise you again. Cause you're like, Oh, I don't remember this because I haven't (laughs) seen this part a million times. Mm -hmm. You know, it's usually you see the first few minutes and then you either like walk away or fall asleep or whatever. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think that it gets better when it's not trying to be jokes so much as it's just like being about characters. Because when the right. movie starts getting great is when uh, Woody pushes Buzz out the window kind of on accident. And mm-hmm. then there's like excitement, honest, like actual like tension and like, oh, what's going to happen? Uh and then when he gets when he finally finds Buzz, that stuff is all really funny because it's not them trying to be funny to like an invisible audience. <laughs> right. Like it's just like situational comedy where he's like, Buzz, hello, you're yeah. great. And then he attacks him and all that's all very funny. Um and I basically after that it kind of sinks into itself and then becomes an actual story about characters. Um and that's when it's doing the best stuff. Right. For for the purposes of our uh, uh, you know general brand, um, may I do a cracks.com style leftist <laughs> analysis of the film? Yeah, go um, for it. So something I was thinking about is how Woody and Buzz kind of represent these sides of American nostalgia that mm-hmm. um, you know kind of like buff over like an ugly part of our past. 
you know, yeah. like Woody as the cowboy, right? Cowboys of, of you know, yesteryear, they kind of like local buff over this idea of, yeah, local law enforcement, <laughs> but they're in, they're in the West, right? Yeah. And they're buffing over this idea of manifest destiny and displacing of indigenous peoples, et cetera, et cetera. And but the the like shiny fun cowboy is kind of like your your fun way to just like forget that is what we did, you know. And right. like the <laughs> the the spaceman, you know, fun spaceman uh, is kind of your way to be like that was a big part of the uh, arms race and the Cold War, and right. when we all almost died, <laughs> you know, we the world just almost, almost melted itself, nuking each other, <laughs> yeah, for decades. And then I started to think about how, like, Andy's toys all kind of are, they're very, like, bourgeois and Western, and, like, Mm -hmm. he plays with, like, army men, he plays with a bank, you know, he (laughs) plays with, he plays with a piggy bank, yeah, he plays with a, the, the Mr. Potato Head even, like, the historical Mr. Potato Head, the original, original Mr. Potato Head is a toy that literally requires food waste, you know, this is about, like, the excesses of the West, (laughs) you know, Uh (laughs) Um, and then, like, you know, you have this this angle of like your place of birth kind of, you know, dictating your quality of life. You have like his poor, you know, next door neighbor in this like war torn land uh, where like, you know, nothing is is quite right. Mm-hmm. And then there's this whole angle of like the the you know, the the humans, like what do they represent to the toys? You know, the toys are these kind of like, uh, you know, long suffering servants of the people you know, either being destroyed or being thrown away or cast aside or forgotten. Right. Even favorite toys are always kind of on a knife's edge, wondering when, you know, when when the shoe's going to drop. Like, you know, all, the first scene that we see is the toys all being like, is he going to get another toy? Am I going to get played with less? Like, what's going to happen when a new person comes in? You mm-hmm. know, so the, the, the you know, the humans are, are the ruling class, right? It definitely feel. I mean, I, I can't say that I didn't feel that even... And it almost feels like they're a little bit winking to it, especially in the later movies, because it's mm-hmm. like, uh, and I was going to say, in four, uh, what the main story is about is Woody is realizing he's not necessarily needed for Bonnie, and then comes across Bo Peep. And right. Bo Peep isn't even in three. It's like, just she's just gone. Yeah, she gets like thrown away or something, right? It, yeah, so the movie opens with nine years earlier basically the events before between two and three where she gets goes away and they like have this Mm -hmm. like very tearful goodbye um and then like and then it jumps 10 years in the future to to the events of after the events of three and in quote unquote present day um and what happens is he comes across Bo in the wild and she's like created this world for herself where she like made a like a remote control car that looks like a skunk so she can just drive away around and like people jump out of her way and uh-huh. uh, <laughs> and like just hangs out on a playground so like pe- little kids find her and then leave her there and then she just like right. goes into the woods and like is her own person and so she's like and what's what you find what you realize about her character is that she's mostly furniture because she was like attached to a lamp so she kind oh. of is like this queer character where the system doesn't really work for her because she's like not exactly a toy and not exactly mm-hmm. furniture. So she's alive. She's not even supposed to be played with, but she has the desire of play. Mm-hmm. And so she's just like completely off on her own, like living in like a commune. 
that she made herself and then is like coaxing Woody to come. And he's sort of like between this idea of like, well, all I want is this like traditionalist ideal that I've set up for myself of like, I used to be a child's favorite and that's all I've ever wanted. And then she's like, you don't have to commit to like one person. They don't actually need you. Right. You don't need to serve them because they don't even care. You're eventually going to get tossed aside anyway. So just make your own happiness. And then he's like, ah, <laughs> and just having this crisis of like this traditionalist sort of like, and, and, uh, and then like sort of, um, I guess yeah. progressive feminism. Cause something that we were talking about before we started recording is, um, Woody as this sort of like culture warrior character, yeah. right? <laughs> because he is, I mean, he's a cowboy. He's like a 1950s toy who like, mm-hmm. you know, represents this like traditional, you know, American aesthetic and American style. And something I was thinking a lot about is like identity as it relates to this, because when buzz shows up for the first time, you know, he doesn't think, he 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 doesn't think of himself as a toy. He thinks of himself as a space ranger. Mm-hmm. And I know this is like veering like dangerously close to like attack helicopter sort of <laughs> memory. Yeah. But but there is something to be said for the fact that like the way that Buzz identifies himself is different from the way that people could see him traditional, you know, people mm-hmm. could see him and well, for all not- intents and purposes, he is like. There's nothing. There's <laughs> nothing that fundamentally changes for Woody between acknowledging that Buzz is a space ranger or insisting that Buzz is a toy. Nothing changes in Woody's life, right? It you doesn't know? So matter. It's a, it, but he like insists on raging about this, and everybody else in his life is just like. Yeah, whatever, man. I'm going to go fucking put coins in my slot. You know, I got other <laughs> shit to do. Yeah. Well, they're you know? also like, cool. You're something we haven't seen before. I yeah. like that. You've got all of these talents. And he like is like making their lives more interesting. He's, right. you know, teaching them how to work out and work on the car and using tape. And they're like exactly. interested in helping. For, for, for all intents and purposes, he is a fucking space ranger. There's yeah. nothing about him that's not a space ranger. So th- <laughs> he can't get, th- there's no spaceship. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. And the, the argument like boils down to like whether he can fly or not. And by the end of the movie, it's like, well, yeah, he's got He can, wings. yes. He's got, he can fly. Under the right context, <laughs> he can fucking fly. You yeah. know? There's maybe not enough like windfall in the bedroom or whatever. You know? Mm-hmm. It didn't work that time. But like, he can fly. He's got wings. Right. Wings work. And he's, Woody's just jealous. And yeah, Woody's jealous that he can't fucking live that way. You know, a yeah. fucking laser. <laughs> he doesn't even have that laser. He has a talk box. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, I think there's he whatever. Well, regardless if it's you know, it's definitely. I feel like it's too early to try to actually purposefully be taking on anything about gender or or race mm-hmm. or anything. But it's definitely. A mo- that's what's again what's so great about Toy Story as a series is that you can kind of put things onto it because of how seriously it takes its own premises because right. because Woody has a a self-created safe space you know like he has a structure of his own life where things make sense to him and he's on top and then someone comes in not even on purpose by chance because that's how mm-hmm. life works to fuck it up and he sort of has to like deal with that as you know as the person on top of as like the leader 
and is like, maybe you're not the leader anymore. And that's how life works. Right. I was interested too that his leadership role, like I was reading something online about how people think that it's about like, uh, you know, authority. And (laughs) I don't think that he was in a position of authority over the toys necessarily. Woody. Like, I think that I definitely have always seen him as almost like a union rep. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like he is the, he's like the union rep for the toys. Andy is clearly the boss. Andy decides whether you stay or go, Mm -hmm. you know, Woody is there like representing your interest for the big guy, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's I, kind of a—he's a leader, though. Like he, he's, he's a leader, of course. Like, yeah, he's has a, a kind of respect from them to like he can give orders about like you're this person. He's just sort of a a figurehead, but yeah, they're all working together. It's it's all mm-hmm. consensual. I don't think he's like he doesn't have real institutional power. It's in the same way like Andy does, but it's so interesting because that's a, that's like there's no like legal mechanism or intentional mechanism that puts Andy in a higher class. It's just like how their world works. And like, and also what's one of the biggest questions about the whole series is like, why can't they talk to them? Because they can, but like, even though Buzz doesn't know he's a toy, he stops talking you know yes and like there's like this weird question throughout everything of like why is the world this way Mm -hmm. um and man do they play with it and it's really fun in four and i wish i could tell you more about it (laughs) well that's kind of what i mean when i say that like early on when i was saying like we don't know really whether any of this is actually happening or if this is all just like andy's imagination when he's elsewhere he's thinking about what his toys are up to you know Mm mm-hmm that would be the simplest explanation for why Buzz doesn't talk when people are around. Because it's not real. Because it's not real. I mean, yeah. it's obviously not real. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, and also, they apparently did... Uh, I watched them. I've just been binging Toy Story since last night. Uh, they mm-hmm. they made two like half an hour long post Toy Story 3 um, short films. Yeah, uh, I think I saw a little bit of one of those. There's a one called... Um, uh, Toy Story of Terror, which was like a Halloween special, and then there's uh-huh. um, oh the there's like a Christmas one, and that one's really good. When you were talking about um, getting teared up by remembering how to play, there's mm-hmm. this moment. There's one one in that short film. There's one where the um, Bonnie goes to another little kid's house, who's a little boy kid who's about her same age, like, you know, six or seven or whatever. But he gets like an Oculus Rift. <laughs> uh-huh. And he, like, she comes over and brings all her toys and he's like, let's play video games. And she throws her backpack in the room and then goes play video games with him for the whole episode, the whole uh-huh. 30 minutes or whatever. And, um, they have their own adventure the toys do but she's just like hanging out playing video games and then like there's this moment where she she like finds one of the toys and uh starts playing with the toy she's like oh you're a dinosaur it's one of his like new weird like warhammer style toys (laughs) and she's like whoa cool you're this guy uh we're gonna go talk to this person and he's like okay have fun and like puts on the like thing again and then like here's what she's saying and he's like eh, maybe i'll pretend too and it's like <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like 
the 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 capturing of it's not that you're a child and you don't understand that it's not real it's like he chooses to pretend right and just the fact that they're able to like get those little moments so right of like yeah it's gonna be fun anyway i will play with my friend rather right. than hang out with my video games or whatever yeah it's, the game's always gonna be there wow it's so good and they really yeah. start with this movie like i think they it's it looks tough and it's uh some awkward jokes and stuff but they really had a lot of the working mechanics of it right off the bat and i think it's an incredible masterpiece <laughs> yeah i think it's fantastic i didn't realize it has a hundred percent on rotten tomatoes that's wild <laughs> Yeah, um, all don't like all of them, ha- or like all of them except for two have like basically a hundred percent. Oh, maybe I don't know. Um, yeah, fantastic movie, highly recommend. Um, if you haven't watched it as an like if you haven't watched it in a while, revisit it. It's worth a revisit for sure. I bet there's people who are listening to this who haven't seen it. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you've seen three. Maybe you've seen, but you might not have actually watched one. I think it's worth watching. Um, it is 15 years old and it looks it looks 15 years old it looks 15 years old but the performances i mean like tim allen is so fun to watch there is really funny no it's 25 years old (gasps) oh fuck you're right (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. 15 years ago was 2005 it is 25 years old it's a 25 Um, year old movie it's very old um, it's a it, you, but you're right. The performances are fantastic. Great, uh, great stuff from queer icon uh, Tim Allen, Tim Allen. <laughs> Mrs. Nesbit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I mean, like he's so fun. He's doing such a great job. I mean, like I almost forgot how charming Tim Allen is. Like as mm-hmm. a as a performer and as a character, like he's just really good at his job. I mean, I can't imagine him ever doing stand-up, but like, <laughs> as a guy, yeah. very charming. I get why he's famous. Um, but yeah, a lot of lot of really funny stuff. Like when uh, the the alien um, is says like Nirvana is coming, and the Mystic Portal awaits. Yeah, 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 they have like a whole lore. That's yeah. <laughs> like the little peek into their whole like creation myth and whatever is fantastic. Just so many great decisions, and yeah, yeah just it's a really. Really great first start to, I think, one of the better film series of the past few decades. Yeah. It's really cool. So. It makes you think a lot about memory. It's like it's like as if like the concept of memories came alive and made a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I recommend it. Yeah. Well, well thanks for watching yeah. this <laughs> movie with us. Thanks for listening to us talk about it. <laughs> uh it's been good to talk to you that's been generation loss uh yeah thanks for listening so we will see you next time uh you can follow me uh at kinematography on twitter you can follow jeremy at jeremy thunder if you'd like to help us out uh go to apple podcast rate review us there it really helps people find the show uh check us out on patreon if you'd like to hear us talk about other things generally topics about movies movie news stuff like that um watch join uh, us next week for you the living you the living is what we're going to watch the uh roy anderson film movie that very a lot less people have seen (laughs) uh than toy story um Um, if you're uh if you're interested in becoming a patron one of the things that we're doing now is uh so you obviously you get access to our discord server if you become a patron 
and never otherwise. Don't fucking ask me. <laughs> um, but uh, if you become a patron, you, you get to go in the Discord, and we're going to start Sunday nights. We're going to start streaming the movie that we're going to talk about the following day uh, in the Discord server, only in the Discord. So, mm-hmm. you know, get back there. It's a what great are you idea. doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, are we going to be there? We're not no. gonna necessarily going to be there. No, you no, just no, get no, to watch no. it with other you people. You just watch it with other people. You can see it, you know, the day before, so you get all nice and fresh. Oh, right. Because we've already watched it and recorded the. Yeah, we'll have already so, yeah, talked we'll, about we won't it. Be there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not okay. watching it again. Yeah, so patreon.com slash generation loss. Uh, listen to my other show about politics and shit, BB uh, Bledis. Uh, listen to Jeremy's other show, Ballin' Out Super. You probably already and do. But check if you me don't, out on, uh, on YouTube, making City Skylines oh, stuff. Yeah. Jeremy Thunder. Also, subscribe to Means TV and watch me play video games on Means TV uh, on Lush Trigger. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next time. time. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) You've got a friend in me. You've got a friend in me. When the road looks rough ahead in your mind. Nice warm bed. You just remember what your past said. Boy, you got a friend in me. Yeah, you got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. You got trouble. I got them too There isn't anything I wouldn't do for you We stick together See it through Cause you've got a friend in me you got a friend in me Some other folks might be a little bit smarter than I am Big and stronger too Maybe But none of them love you the way I do It's me and you, boy And as the years go by A friendship will never die You're gonna see it's our destiny You got a friend in me You got a friend in me You got a friend in me me.